Good morning, church. Let's take just a quick moment to uh, look around and wave hello to uh, each other. All right, let's, let's do that. Everybody say hello. And in case you miss someone, we'll make sure you feel welcome. We're glad you're here this morning, both members and visitors alike. And uh, this morning, I'm so excited to, uh, to bring you a lesson uh, that I don't know a whole lot about, but it's going to be fun going through it. I learned a lot in, in my studies, um, have known bits of it in the past, but wow, this is pretty impressive. So you're going to have to go home and do some research and a lot of reading because a lot of scriptures I'm going to leave out and we may come back to it later, but uh, pretty excited to talk about this. And, and here's something else I'm excited about. This isn't actually the lesson I need to get to. I'm trying to get to a lesson. So here's our transition. So you have to come back for the next two weeks to get the message I'm trying to present. Good to see you this morning. Let's pray together, please. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you and we praise you. We're so thankful for the blessing that we have to be able to assemble to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we ask, Lord God, that our worship has been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Help us, please, Lord God, to rid our minds of worldly thought, to think only of you, to think of the greatness of the Holy Spirit and your Son who came to this earth and died willingly that we might live. We ask, Lord God, that you will bless our minds and prick our hearts and help us to be better children of yours today than we have been in the past. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray to be thy will. Amen. The cherubs. Um, it's exciting to think about angels. And when you think of two intriguing angels, you think of the, the cherubim and the seraphim. And the mysteries of the cherubim ultimately point us to, I mean, in reality, the unsearchable greatness of our Heavenly Father, of God. It's just amazing that you start studying this angel and there's so much more to learn and so much more to know. And yet they are created beings. Exodus 20 and verse 11, the Bible says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The angels were made or created during the creation week. Although, you don't find a list, I believe they were created when God created the angels or created the heavens, should I say, when God created other things that are not mentioned. So he created the heavens, Psalm, please, chapter 148. And when he created the heavens, he created the angels, the angelic being. And this one in particular that we're speaking of this morning, what an amazing Creation, Not that humans are not, even the Bible says it, uh, that we are wonderfully and, and uh, graciously made. God made us in an amazing way. Wonderful, wonderful are the hands of God. The cherubim. Psalm 148 in verse 2. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Verse 5. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And he's, the host of heaven are also part of the angelic realm. And so you have these angels. Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6. God is going to talk to us about, again, his creation. 
And see, Nehemiah 9 and verse 6 has an interesting thought when you read it about what God says or what is spoken here about the angels. Nehemiah 9, verse 6. Thou alone art the Lord. Thou hast made the heavens, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. Thou dost give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bows down before thee. The heavenly host bows down. The angelic realm bows down to God. In the beginning, Genesis 1 and verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Also interestingly, in the book of Job, there's something mentioned about the angels. Chapter 38, uh, over about verse 4 is the first verse to read. It says, where were you, God is speaking to Job, when I laid the foundation of the earth, tell me if you have understanding. Verse 7 says, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So here's this, this uh, laying of the foundation of the earth and then the shouting of the angels watching the rest of creation. So anyway, that's my understanding of when the angelic realm were created by God. They are created beings. We're not talking about angelology, though. We're not going to go into that particular study this morning. And we're really not even studying, although we're talking about the cherubim, we're really not even talking necessarily in this portion of the lesson series about the cherubim. Let me just give you a, a, a quick spoiler alert. We're actually talking about God's mercy. Okay? We'll come back to that. We'll get there. But first, let's just, just gain some level of understanding here. Can you imagine what the blurb would read? Uh, National Geographic, we found the Garden of Eden. And then there'd be this long list of those who have died trying to enter into it. Genesis, for just a moment, please, chapter 3. So cherubs, or the cherubim, are guards or attendants of God. Now here we have in Genesis chapter 3 an interesting uh, uh, case where God talks about placing the cherub in a particular location, but for the most part, when you read about cherubs, they are guards or attendants of God. And Genesis chapter 3 and verse 22, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and now... Lest he stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out at the east of the garden of Eden and he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. So imagine now, okay, what does that look like? I don't know what that looks like, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the cherub, and we're going to see what this one looks like, and then ask the question, who would dare approach a cherub? And then greater than that, God didn't even use the cherub when he speaks to Job and says, let me show you what I made. These are, to me, the, the scary angels is my opinion. Uh, but the book of Ezekiel, we're going to Ezekiel chapter 1, grants to us a pretty clear picture of what this uh, cherub, uh, cherubim would have 
uh, looked like. And yet, remember, the Bible makes it clear that we're not to make uh, any images of angels. And, you know, I mean, I mean God, in a way, is, is saying to us, don't, don't be in, impressed with this, but definitely be impressed with God, right? the God who made what we're about to read about. So we'll break this down a little bit and uh, select some verses. Ezekiel chapter 1 in verse 10. They have four faces. And that's where the form of their faces, each of them had the face of a man. All four had the face of a lion on the right and the face of a bull on the left. And all four had the face of an, of an eagle. And in chapter 10 in, in verse 14, uh, the text there says, and each one had four faces. The first was the face of the cherub, the second the face of the man, the third a face of a lion, the fourth the face uh, of an eagle. Back to chapter chapter 1 of Ezekiel. And they, they have an expanse over, over their heads, which is interesting within itself, is this, you know, this separation, if you will, of this, this type of, 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 of space and crystal and it's incredible just to try to get a good understanding. In verse 22, now over the heads of the living beings, there was something like an expanse, like the awesome gleam of crystal extended over their heads. And in chapter 10, he, he gives us another word in verse 1, and it says, Then I looked, and behold, in the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim, something like a sapphire stone an appearance resembling a throne appeared above them. And so there's this separation between God and even the cherub and there's the expanse that is that separation space. And, I, you know, I think about the, the war. There was a war in heaven. And, you know, Satan and his angels, the dragon waged war. And you read Revelation 12, and then you start wondering, I wonder if, if Satan even got anywhere close to the cherubs. Just wonder that. So there was this sapphire-like thing, right? Space, area, over and above their heads. In chapter 1 and verse 23, and under the expanse, their wings were stretched out straight, one toward the other, and each one also had two wings covering the bodies on the one side and on the other. So their wings, well, their wings are interesting because these are the, the angels that maybe you've seen images of uh, before in the past. Um, they have those four wings, right? Uh, in chapter 1 and verse 11, uh, Ezekiel says, Such were their faces, their wings were spread out above. Each had two touching another being and two covering their body. In verse 24, it says, and I also heard the sound of their wings, like the sound of an abundant waters as they went, like the voice of the Almighty. A sound of tumult, like the sound of an army camp. Whenever they stood still, they dropped their wings. The first time I heard an eagle fly, and I heard the wings, I was so impressed. And then you start reading about the cherub, and you go, ah, oh, yeah, well, uh... That's nothing. In verse 25 it says, And there came a voice from above the expanse that was over their heads. Whenever they stood still, they dropped their wings. 
the sound, the power of the wings, the four heads, the expanse over their heads. Then they have these human-like form, if you will, chapter 1 and verse 5. And within, it were, there, were four, there were figures, excuse me, resembling four living beings, and this was their appearance. They had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings. So, human form, four faces, four wings. Verse 7, their legs were straight and their feet were like a calf's hoof. And they gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings on the four sides were human hands. As for the faces and the wings of the four of them. What does this have to do with mercy? It's a good question. Thanks for asking that one. I'll tell you that next week. They're unique angels and they have this amazing movement. Have you ever seen um, ball lightning, right? Atmospheric lightning, right? If you will, then it. We, we have, in fact, as humans, um, mistaken ball lightning for UFOs. You know that ball. You look at this. You see a video and this image of this light. It's a bright light, and it it stands still, and then it moves slowly, and it moves down, and it moves up, and then it just shoots off in the sky, and then it. Shoot maybe to another direction and then it stops, it slows down, and it you you've probably seen those before. Well, think about these angels, because the angels that God made move like lightning. And yet and yet they don't turn. They their their whole when they turn, their whole bodies turn. They're almost like robot beings, but they're not. They have free choice as well. Verse 13. In the midst of the living beings, there was something that looked like burning coals of fire, like torches darting back and forth among the living beings. The fire was bright and lightning was flashing from the fire. And the living beings ran to and fro like bolts of lightning. So imagine that. These are guardians of the throne of God and and they have this amazing ability to move in an amazing way. And when they turn, look at verse 9. Their wings touched one another. Their faces did not turn when they moved. Each went straight forward. So there was no reason for those faces to turn, but they just went straight forward. And in verse 17 it says, whenever they moved, they moved in any of the four directions without turning as they moved. Interesting. And then somehow outside of the cherub is this wheel. Whether it's connected or not, I don't really know a whole lot about it. But there's this wheel and his eyes. And Let's read it. Verse 15. Now as I looked at the living beings, behold, there was one wheel on the earth beside the living beings. 
for each of the four of them. The appearance of the wheels and their workmanship was like sparkling beryl. And all four of them had the same form. The appearance of a workmanship being as if one will were within another. And then down in verse 18. And as for their rims, they were lofty and awesome. And the rims of all four of them were full of eyes round about. And whenever the living beings moved, the wheels moved with them. And whenever the living beings rose from the earth, the wheels rose also. And whenever the Spirit was about to go, they would go in that direction. And the wheels rose close behind or beside them, for the Spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Whenever those went, these went. And whenever those stood still, these stood still. And whenever those rose from the earth, the wheels rose close beside them, for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Now what I encourage you to do this, this week or next week or whenever, is read all of Ezekiel chapter 1 and then read Ezekiel chapter 10. And if you want to do the preacher's version, read Ezekiel 1 through Ezekiel 10. To gain more insight, the cherubim are mentioned all throughout the Bible, the Old Testament into the New Testament, over into the book of Revelation. There's a special, unique angel in one sense of another. But there's Michael also, and there's Gabriel. And so you wonder, you know, what is God doing? Again, we're getting into the divine mysteries of, of God. They had a purpose, right? All angels have a purpose. And so God created them with purpose. And yet, they're not greater than God. They're created beings who serve God and also serve humanity. God made them for a purpose. Now, here's what I want you to think about this morning. When I think of, of this idea of angels in the realm of the angelic realm itself, if you will, even, even demonology, right? Why is it that when we think of the, the world, why is the world more intrigued with demonology and angelology or the angelic realm than God? The creator of those things. The creator of, of us. Hebrews chapter 1. This morning, I, I, I hope in some way we've been intrigued, but at the same time, prayerfully, this study doesn't take us into a desire to learn more about angels, but rather a desire to learn more about God. When Jesus came to the earth, the Bible says the angels strengthened him after his temptations in Luke chapter 4 and Matthew 4. And Jesus lived and walked. The Creator came to the earth and walked amongst us and allowed Himself to be crucified for us. Such a confusing thought, right? A king is the powerful one. He's not the one who's crucified. He's the one who crucifies. But not our God. I want to throw a blanket statement out there. Maybe I'll come back to that one depending on how things go. If you want me to come back to that when you let me know, how about that? We'll do it that way. 
Satan was never a cherub. It's nowhere in the Bible that Satan was ever a cherub. He's not a cherubim, so don't grab Satan and make him the good angel. It was an angel who had free will, who sinned, but he was never a cherub. The Bible never tells us that Satan was a cherub. Throw that out there and leave that with you. Cherubim are not guardian angels. We think about guardian angels. They're not guardian angels. They're, they're guardians of the throne of God. And my last point, to always keep in mind, we never, ever worship angels. Don't do it. God commanded us not to. We only worship God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5. The inspired writer says, For to which of the angels did he ever say, Thou art my son? Today I have begotten thee, and again I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. The answer is, none of them. None. Ever. Now remember, when we talk about the throne of God, we're talking about God, 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 right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-substantial, co-eternal. Yet Jesus was manifested to us as a son who would come in human form, would live and would die. The angels are never on that realm. Never placed them there. In verse 6 he says, And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, And let all the angels of God worship him. And so what a beautiful and amazing picture. God made these, these angels, the angelic realm, and the angelic realm in the heavenlies worship our Creator like we are this morning in some way, whatever that means to them. Our worship is in the presence of a great and awesome God. Let's make sure that when we come to worship God, that we're full of reverence. Don't fear the angel. If the angel were to show up today and stand on this side, and Jesus were to show up and stand on that side, don't worry about this side. Fear that side. For some reason, we brought Jesus down to be like us. He's not. He never has been. He never will be other than having been in the flesh and been tempted as we, yet without sin. He is God. The cherubim brings us to the subject of the mercy of God. How does that connect? I hope, Lord willing, in the next week or two we'll be able to figure that out. This morning, the mercy of God is extended to you, to all of us. If we have things in our lives that we need to make right with God, that we have found ourselves in sin, and we do. And if it's a public sin or something I need to come to the congregation and ask for prayers for, this is a great opportunity for you to ask for that. If today you would like to surrender to God in the waters of baptism, the water is ready, God is ready, it's up to you. The lesson is yours. If we can help in any way, please Come, while together we stand and sing our song of invitation, why don't you come?